Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hubert Silva show. We are back. Me and my friend Tim Chase. After a while, I don't speak. You know, both of us has been so busy with other projects. That's why you know we are few few weeks away from the podcast. But keeping our eyes and mind very close to what is happening to football world. A lot of things has happened in the last past weeks, but um, hope we can today bring some stories back and uh, some opinions and uh, refresh our mind a little bit, you know. Welcome back, my friend. Hello, mate. It's been a busy few weeks in football, hasn't it? We got all the past cast for a few weeks and the world falls apart. Um, yeah. What's going on? Also, look, my hair's growing back as well. It's not I'm bad. You know, I think you were a bit stressed because we were talking too much, maybe. No, it's because the kids were at home. So they've gone back to school now. It's starting to grow again. <laughs> um, how are you as a family? All good? Yes, from the good. Thank you. Everything okay. You just, uh, you know, I've been busy here with other projects here, I told at the beginning, but family is okay. The kids, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough time, as we know. Uh, Brazil, uh, the situa- hope the situation is getting better as long the vaccination keep going. I, for what I understand, it seems that uh, the, the situation in UK improved due to the vaccination. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, the lockdown has gone quite well. This one, I think people are taking it a bit more seriously. It was really tough. So the first lockdown happened and it was March time and then there was another one in the summer and we were just going, going to barbecues and drinking in the garden. This thing was, the lockdown in the winter was really tough because we couldn't go out anyway. We were all getting a bit irritable. Lots of sliding tackles on the child, between the children. Uh, there was a few injuries uh, early on in the season. Uh, but now everything's better. And so with the vaccination, the vac- I don't think the UK government did particularly well during the pandemic, if I'm honest. And that's my opinion. But I think they're doing an incredibly good job with the vaccination. So I get vaccinated next Tuesday is my vaccination. That's good. That's good. So hopefully I'll still be here. Uh, no, it's good, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess for, for everyone, for every country, it's been uh, a very different scenario to deal with this pandemic. You know, it's something new for our generation. It's tough, I think, to make the, the, the right decision. What's the right? What's wrong? It's about everyone, all of us, to do our job properly as well, just to help. Instead of always point our fingers, always criticize, it's so easy to criticize decision of yep. others. But as long as we don't do our job to cooperate, it's always tough. Let's be positive that uh, very soon, the situation will be controlled with the vaccination. We have like a better hope for everyone. You know, everyone will be, let's say, less exposed to, to the virus. Yeah, Let's be positive. But uh, you, you have some, some interesting thing to, to, to tell us, you know, very important thing. I see my new hoodie. Nice, nice talk. Yeah, so it's from my, an old school friend. In fact, I went to school with her sister, Anna. She's probably part of the friendship group. So her name's Kelly Lynch, and it was Kelly Good. Her second, so she's got three young boys. Uh, this, the, the middle kid, Cameron, uh, she recently found was autistic. And it's what we call uh, hidden kind of symptoms and things so no one really knows that he has it but she kept on finding she was going to the park and almost being a little bit embarrassed or apologizing for her kids not poor behavior but like distant behavior to typical autistic behavior and she was going oh don't worry about him he's autistic and kind of keeping going around talking about this sort of stuff and she's going i don't what i know i need to do it so that people don't think he's a bad kid because there's nothing worse as a parent than everyone in the park thinking your kid's shared or an asshole or just bad behavior but it's just just him he's autistic so she's created an online store called autism club which is what she's sent me one so it's hashtag autism club and she tried it out she gave Cameron a hoodie when he went to the park and posted a picture on her on her instagram and got such amazing feedback from other parents that are going through similar things that she went well actually this is a really subtle way of talking about things and letting people know so everybody feels comfortable about it so she now opened an online store for t-shirts and hoodies like this uh, for adults and for kids to help with let people know you know it makes everyone's life a little bit easier so uh yeah so she sent me one and i said i'll have a talk about it with you so i'm sure there's one in the post but you know your postman likes to keep all your merchandise that we send you so 
check out if see if any postmen in Brazil have got uh, autism club hoodies on. But yeah, if you want to, if you have someone you know in, in your family or a friend has has autism and you want to hear a bit more, go to autismclub.co.uk and you'll find all the information there. That's good. No, that's good. You know, yeah. I'm proud of you, mate. Well done. Hey, it's nothing to do with me. It's all about Kelly. Kelly's, Kelly's yeah, but I'm proud of Kelly. Now, I think it's important we we raise our voice just to give voice for, for people who really need help. You know, I, I remember when I was at Arsenal. When I was there, I don't know how it works right now. We have Arsenal Foundation, but on that time, when I was there, Every year, Arsenal embraced like one uh, social project and uh, support them over the season. In, I think it was my last season, if I'm not wrong, we went to a, a notice project where they look after so many kids, you know, and uh, different levels of, uh, of the autism. Yes. And uh, yeah, there are, for what I understood, I'm not, uh, you know, expert. You know about it, but uh, from what I understood, there are different levels of autism, and um, the goals for them, you know, was to to build up like a sports center and uh, cover them uh, where they could play sports, any kind of sport, football, uh, basketball, whatever they, they they want to do, and but to have this place proper built. And Arsenal was supporting them, raise money and uh, give voice for the project was was really nice, you know. And uh, this was my experience with uh, Ochi's project. I hope from here we can uh, can support somehow, and uh, as much we can, we are always open for every project if they want to to send us some information. We are here to to help and give them voice, you know. Sometimes it's not uh, that much, but it's from the deepest part of our heart to support as much as we can. And I think this is what we need, mate. Uh, For the moment we are, and for everybody, be human, as a human should be. Absolutely. Helpful, help people. You know, the moment is tough. I believe some places are dealing with the, 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 the problem a little bit better. But it's been new for everyone, and uh, I hear new bad news from everywhere in the world, in different places. And uh, people sometimes, I I have friends, you know, from many places in the world. And when they call me, they sometimes they look a bit shocked. I'm concerned about Brazil. How is it? I say yes. We are facing tough time, like everywhere in the world, in every country, and we have to be together at moments. Sometimes not so easy because uh, the politicians sometimes they are crazy the way they work. But as a human being, you have to support each other. This is what we have to do. And we are here in this channel to be, you know, in a better way, help as much we can. Well, this is great, very emotional. That's good start. Just to go on to a point you made. So if there are any other chats, last year obviously I lost a friend to suicide and we did a load of work with a campaign against living miserably, um, which I think has now gone even crazier due to the pandemic. You know, people are suffering with their mental health. So, you know, we are, firstly, we are parents. And the reason why you and I are such good friends is because our core values about family are so aligned and so similar. <laughs> we obviously have different, have had different careers, very different careers, but it's that that brings us together. And it's the same as humanity, right? We all got to do our part. So if you're a charity and you want to talk to us about some stuff, um, drop me a DM on Twitter or something. It's Tim Chase TC uh, on any social media platform, and we'll we'll see if we can work together on this. Fantastic. What's happened? Uh, what last two weeks we were away on the podcast. A lot of uh, talking, <laughs> a lot of things happened. I don't even know we'll be here. We need to do a Netflix series about what's been going on in the world of football. We're going to be here for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so so many talk, you know, so many things, but. Uh, it's not something new now because I think the past two, three weeks, everyone is talking about Super League, protesting of the fans, especially in England. Mm. You know, I've seen what happened in Manchester, Arsenal, been a lot of uh, talking around uh, around the world, especially you now watching uh, some um, English stars. Uh, English players, ex-players, former players, and you know, superstars like Gary Neville, uh, Carragher, 
some other people talk about it, you know, have expressing their opinion about what Super League was look like, you know. But um, well, there's so many things to to talk. And where were you when you first heard about it? How did you hear about it? Well, yeah, nowadays it's it's quite easy, you know, for us to get information. You know, we with the social media, we we get information every time, you know, it's so easy. But uh, um, I've seen a very strong um, uh, saying from uh, Gary Neville when this came out, you know, public, uh, about their intention, about this, I don't know, it's kind of social club in football. Uh, where the, the, members club. Yeah. How to say Private members club. Exactly. You know, when it came out, it sounds very strange to me, like for, I think, most people in football, people who love football, people who uh, understand the, the, the culture of football, you know. Very strange because uh, club, traditional clubs, where most of, many of them, you know, they have uh, more than 100 years of history. And uh, it sounds very, very negative in the football world because um, it seems like everything was hidden from the rest of the world of football, the rest of uh, the world, from uh, hidden from people, from the fans, from the UEFA, from FIFA, just to have uh, their way to, to do things. And um, somehow, you know, when you think about football, is to unite people. Looks like, you know, uh, from outside is that they want to have their private one just for themselves, you know. Because it was hidden, just came out, you know, when everything was ready to, to launch, it uh, became very negative among football fans. Because we are all fans of football. This is the reality. Doesn't matter if you are a supporter of any club, if you are, if you work in the media, if you work for any club, if you are the owner, somehow you are a fan of football. As a fan of football, I think every decision when you make in football, you have to think very careful. Don't forget about the history. Don't forget about the fans. What made what's made up of football? How football started? You cannot ignore the story of football. Ignore. Uh, the, the own store of it club. Mm. I think this was so tough to everyone to understand why. The reason is money. The reason was because they believe they are the biggest clubs in the world and they have to have their private club, just private competition apart from the others. But did they not forget why they became so big over the 100 years? They need those other clubs, you know, to, to make them improve over the years. Mm. I think this is the questions we, we might have. We are, I think people are trying to answer, I try to digest and understand why this, at the moment we are, when we, the world are suffering, when we are talking about pandemic, and uh, some clubs are talking about how to generate more money. Mm -hmm. It's somehow, at the moment, it's very controversial for me. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to kind of unpack about this, but I think, so most of the Premier League clubs now are owned by a foreign owner, and we let them in, and the, the price of the players went up, the salaries went up, everything went up. And I think we were happy for them to do the whole taking the money thing whilst we were still getting something from this. But these big owners don't understand the history and what it means to the community of every single club in the world. It doesn't matter if you're Stenning Town Football Club, the village, the, my village football team, the ground that you've seen. It may only be that 200 people watch them every game, but that's 200 people in a tiny village of 8,000. It's huge for them. They follow them on social media. They know the players. They see the players. Some are the postmen, some are plumbers, some are butchers. They're all part of the community of Stenning Town. And they're standing in each village or city, their football club sometimes is the very identity of the people in that village. 
And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're Champions League football or you're the bottom rung of, of football. Football is entrenched within the community spirit of towns and villages and cities around the world. And these big investors have come on board and have not really taken up time to understand that. Like some of these clubs, all the clubs started as work, started by working men. You know, they were dockers, they were builders, they were whatever. And they started this club like Manchester United as a club to play football with. And they, through the success of their communities, they pushed them up through the ranks to where we are now. This wonderful game that's global. We get to watch football all the time. We have these wonderfully talented players that we watch all the time. And the players, the, 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 the new owners don't get that. They, I think they've seen it as an investment. And, uh, and it's, this isn't just an individual. I think they've seen it as an investment. Going through, okay, we can make more from that. And they're wrongly now assuming, right, because of the pandemic, we've lost loads of money. So we need to make more money to kind of cover that because we've made 200 million loss or 100 million loss or whatever. They've not thought about the fan that goes to, that is a season ticket holder and has gone to every game for the last 20 years or they are new to the sport that, that you don't understand. They don't understand how going to a game, seeing their mates, sitting next to the same people, having a beer at halftime, having a beer after the game, how important that is for the fans and that's why they do this sometimes that one day to go into a game is enough for them to get rid of their shit life that they don't enjoy that one event going to a one game and seeing those people they don't care about their shit life with their wife that nags them or that they're divorced and they never see their kids or they hate their work or that they're depressed or that something's going on but the owners haven't realized that this is an out for them this is how they deal with their life and they haven't taken the understanding that to realize how important that is now, these people that go to the clubs have had that taken away from them for a year. So now they're not seeing the one thing that gets them through their life or the one bit of enjoyment that they have because they're incredibly stressed. That's been taken away from them. So what are the next thing that happened? They wanted to charge people to watch that game. So not only have you got your, your Sky subscription, you now have to pay an extra 15 quid to watch the game with the TV people you want. That was drastically unsuccessful. 32,000 people was the biggest game. 32,000 people bought a game. That was the most successful. So that was rightfully got rid of. And now this comes on board. And I think fans have just gone, absolutely no more. I'm not taking it anymore. You don't speak for me. You don't speak for my club. I don't know what you're, do what you're doing. You don't talk to us. There's no transparency. No one goes through this. You've come in with your money, fine. But you, haven't, you don't understand us as a club. You don't know anything about us. And I think that's where fans have just gone, enough is enough. We're not going to stand here and take it anymore. We actually realise that the power that they kind of have. Now, I don't think we all, any of us will agree with some of the protests that they did at Manchester, breaking in, smashing things, going onto the pitch, and doing some vandalism and stuff. But part of the protest part of it, because I think they have been more vocal about the ownership of the Glaziers more than Modern Arsenal and, and Liverpool things. So I think... Yeah. Um, I'll shut up for a little bit. I've got a bit ranting. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's great to, to have your your side and your opinion because you are there. I'm here in Brazil, you know, follow up things uh, from here. Uh, the perception changed because you are not in the country, you know, because you, when you are there, you breathe exactly what is in the air because uh, you are there. It's very important. Just, you know, uh, we cannot forget about the, what's the soul of football. This came out, you know, a very important phrase I've learned. I, I've seen plenty of times from David Rocasto, from, you know, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, while we were talking, I just uh, got my phone. And uh, I, I would like to repeat, I believe many people heard it many, many times, but I think the moment is appropriate for, for this. You know, uh, he said, unfortunately, I didn't have a, an opportunity to to meet him, but I remember who you are, what you are, and who you represent. What the fans and the people were not so happy because it seems like people have forget what's the soul of football, what does this mean for everybody in the community of football. Because football is not, it's not only a game. It's not 90 minutes. Not 90 minutes. Football no. isn't 90 minutes. Football is the life of millions and millions of people around. I can't remember who said it. Football isn't life. It's much more important than that. 
Yes, exactly. It's more important. It's something is very difficult for people to understand why people go mad because of their team when they lose the game, why they became so upset that they, they change their mood. Because it's more than a game. Mm -hmm. Football is more than a game. You know, it means yeah. um, a lot. A lot well, for, for the football fun. I think this is um, uh, was tough, I think, for everyone. It's still tough until they decide this is not the best thing for football. I, I don't think this is going to be the best thing for football, in my opinion. You know, I, if they, 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 in their minds, you know, all, of all these clubs who were ready to, to start this competition, I believe that was right. I don't think so. You know, maybe on the, their way of thinking, they believe it was right, but I don't think in general would benefit uh, the, the whole world of football have this private club to play among themselves. Imagine every two weeks you have uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, then Real Madrid, Barcelona, then uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal, Manchester, every time. Well, and uh, imagine, if it was Christmas. imagine if it was Christmas every day. You'll soon get bored of Christmas. Exactly. Right? And uh, but the, the, the other aspect of it was the lack of competitiveness. This is another aspect because there was no relegation. There was no relegation, was not uh, you know, a promotion. How you can motivate the, the players only for the money? They are going to get more money. Everyone's going to get more money. I believe we are reaching a point, especially when we look at the numbers, these numbers, and what in some place how it ha has increased in terms of, uh, of course, the, the situation is different now because uh, they have that because of the pandemic and so on. We understand there's a lot of money in the, in the football. This is true. And uh, if the, the, the goal is just to make more money, then you have to think about it seriously. You know, and uh, because... Imagine if we we going back in time, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when we were kids, we see uh, the condition of the stadiums. The, the, the stadiums were popular for everybody. Everybody could afford to go to a stadium. I, I can see the image, you know, very clear in my mind while I'm talking. When uh, I used to go, I was in a, in a football academy in Brazil at America Mineiro, going to, to the stadium. Uh, but before that, I never had a, an opportunity to go. But when I start to go and play uh, for these clubs, I've seen in, on the street when we have a derby game or any kind of game, people walk, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, five kilometers towards their teams. But if you see in the face, the football was popular. You have uh, poor people, you have uh, middle-class people, you have the, the rich people watching football. Nowadays, with the super arenas, you know, these poor people are not allowed to go to the park anymore. Yeah. I can see this, the difference in Brazil, you know. Maybe, for example, we let's bring the, the, the currency, the, the money from the time we are now. Let's say if they used to pay 20 nowadays, now they have to pay like um, 60, 70, 100 mm -hmm. in our currency, which could be translated to, uh, to pounds as well. Sometimes even more. How uh, a family member can go to, uh, a father can go to the stadium? You know, how, can, how can you go to the stadium and take two kids or three impossible. kids? It's impossible. If you go there with two or three kids and uh, if you want to bring your, your wife, you know, go to a family, you have to do, maybe you have to work for a month to have an opportunity to go once a year just yeah. to pay for the stadium. You have to pay for the driving or public transport, plus tickets and so on. If you want maybe to have a grab a beer, maybe a, another yeah. juice or whatever, a water. Yeah. But... Um, you know, uh, when you see the, the super arenas in the past few years, you know, not only in Europe, as with Arsenal, for example, Arsenal went from hybrid to Emirates. We see now uh, some clubs build their uh, new stadiums, more projects in the process. And I've seen the other day Everton got a project approved for the new stadium. 
this is somehow you know you you we understand when it's about to go to the state is not popular anymore as it used to be in the past mm-hmm. now we understand that the, 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 the clubs have invested a lot they improved a lot their their facilities their condition mm-hmm. but somehow you know um, you have a different public from the past but we need to discuss why why do the clubs need more money what's what's the most expensive thing for clubs players listen the, the, a lot of things has changed in football you know uh, i think this is the point understand this is is something sometimes uh, a bit complex oh it's massive um, i believe that we we reach a, a point in europe where salary cap is going to be implemented at some point when i compare for example my time at arsenal from the the current time in the training ground was much less people than what it is today mm-hmm. and you go there nowadays there's a lot of people i believe this happened to many clubs when they they grow up their infrastructure like manchester united maybe liverpool and uh, with the big facilities tottenham now they have their new facilities new stadium and uh, bigger stadium you, you need to have more people this is normal i think everything became so big at some points as long as you increase the, the 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 expense you had to find a way how to to pay for the expense you know sometimes hard you know it's very complex for us to understand when when we make this quest you made why do they need more money because long you spend more you you grow up in a, in your infrastructure you have to pay for it and uh, but I, i think come back to the point of the super league i think this was uh, was very difficult for everyone i believe the owners have realized if they were not think about it they understood that the fans are the real owners of football absolutely I think that's a great saying. Fans are the real owners of football clubs. You can borrow it. You can pay some money. You can borrow it. Yeah, this you know uh, bring us to a, a very different reflection in the world. You know, for us, how uh, can we, as a human being, work together in the benefit of each other? This is on something very important. For example, when the fans protest against it, was important for every fan uh, because. They belong to that place, to this club. This club belongs to them. But listen, how can we use the power of uh, togetherness to change many things in the world? Mm-hmm. Racism, for example. How can we fight against it? Let me make a question. It's, it's difficult for us to work together to fight against it. If you could find against this project or people fought against uh, the Super League, why they don't do the same to fight racism? Why they don't work together, they march together against um, poverty, against people who are starving, they don't have food to help people. Yeah. Why? Yeah. This, you know, is some I'm not ignoring what the fans did. I think it was so important for them because football is so important for all of us fans of football. But, you know, uh, I just bring these other things together because we are part of the same society. Football have the responsibility around the world because we are part of uh, the same society where players have been abused in social media uh in their own social media sometimes many times in the stadium uh we have seen a lot of problems i think this example of uh, how the fans came together to to protest against the super league against the clubs owners this is a, a way an example we can use to make things better in the world you know to fight against these things that um make people sad, make people live miserable. You're 100% right, mate. So, I mean, the very first thing we spoke about was my old school, the, with the sister of an old school friend who has an autistic child. And she, I, I saw her post on social media. And I said, look, Kelly, I do a podcast with someone who's quite famous more than me. Do you want to send me a hoodie? And I can talk about it on the podcast, which will give you some more exposure. 
and spoke to you about it and you went absolutely right and you said gave some experience so the power of our platform and the podcast and the thousands of people that listen to this podcast we're all coming together to help kelly you don't even know kelly you no. don't, don't, don't even know what she looks like I'm fond of kelly because of what she does exactly exactly and it's the same ethos I'm one of everybody who are helping somebody else. Exactly. I don't need to know them, but I, I understand from from my heart what she does to somebody else. It's like this to my my kids, to myself, or to one of my friends. The same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a great. So I think I I read a book which was about the All Blacks rugby team. It's called Legacy. You've done it. If you haven't read it, mate, you you'll love it. And I think All Blacks are regarded as the best team, the best sports team that kind of ever exists. They've just historically just been incredible. And a few years, I can't remember how long ago it was, but about 10, 15 years ago, they changed their strategy for the recruitment. So rather than just the best players coming on, which could have bad tempers, not great for it, they had a rule. And the one rule was no dickheads. That was it. <laughs> no dickheads were allowed. If you were a dickhead, you didn't get in the All Blacks team. And that's like the pinnacle, like even bigger than playing from Brazil. So they had the a phrase that they said that when they got when you got your first all black shirt you had a, a, an all black legend giving you the shirt and said you need to you need to give this shirt back in a better position than when you got it so i this isn't about rugby this is more than rugby being an all black is more than rugby we're giving you this shirt for you to look after for five years ten years however when you give it back to us and someone else takes your shirt you need to have made this shirt better than how it is you you are now and that's exactly kind of what we're saying you know, how can we make the world a better place? It sounds like a cheesy song, but there's stuff we can be doing. This is the first time football fans have got together and overpowered the, the owners, you know, these billionaire owners who are in their ivory towers, no one knows. Fans now hopefully realise that the power they have, and but with what's it with great power comes great responsibility. Hopefully now these fans can go, right, oh shit, look what the difference we made for our club. Well, how can we do it together for all the clubs? It can go together, and like you say, then we can go and have a protest and not accept this, not accept yeah, racism for a start. You're absolutely right. If we can get rid of this, we get rid of the Super League in 72 hours. Why do we stand for racism? Yeah, I think we have a lot of uh, codes around the world where people can fight together because it's very hard when you go to to fight alone for some codes with just a few people. But uh, if I give you my hand, uh, extend my hand to somebody else and uh, come together, we can be powerful. We can do a lot of good things for, for the better of uh, millions, million people on the world. Yep. And uh, what, I, what I, we are saying here is not because we are against the owners of the club, because they make money, they, they invest the club, they, they have the right to get, get the investment back. I think just about uh, for for them to understand that it's important to respect all the principles of uh, eight clubs, the history, the funds, and the community. I think this is important. And as long they they do what they have to do, benefit of the club and get it back, you know, in terms of investment, I'm not against it. But it's important to respect the principles. Of, uh, of society they are part of, you know. This is a football world, you know, the, this football community uh, where everyone loves what they do, love their, their, you know, their, their clubs. As you mentioned at the beginning, it doesn't matter if you are in a very little village or if you are part of the biggest club, you know, biggest clubs in the world. It doesn't matter, you know. Uh, you on your blood on your soul you are you feel wonderful because you know you know the community you are in now who those guys this club means to you to your family for all the environments i think this is, is important let's see let's see how things goes in the next couple of days you know if uh, this conversation will keep going but uh, the fact for me is that um, the fans realize that they own football because there's no there's no football without fans. We cannot have football also without the players. But you know, is a community where everyone needs to understand the importance of uh, working together. 
do things together. And I, as a former player, you know, everyone, imagine now how boring it has been playing without fans in stadiums. Yep. You how boring it's been to the fans not being able to go to the stadiums. Exactly. You know, just go with uh, uh, their mates and their, their, their kids and their parents to have a, you know, to, to meet their friends in the stadium, have a beer, uh, meet each other. You know, it's, it's strange. Mm -hmm. But um, I hope everyone have learned that uh, we have to work together at the same direction if you want football to, to be what everyone expected to be. Enjoyable, you know, full of uh, good players, uh, skills around the pitch, quality football, quality people as well. Spread emotion around the world because this is what football does. Football is popular not in England, not only in Brazil. Everywhere in the world, you, everyone talk about football. I remember one thing, make think about uh, when we were going to play the final of the World Cup in 2002. Uh, Scolari always liked to talk to us, you know, very motivational. Apart from the tactics, tactics we speak, you know, he liked to speak about, you know, the motivational situation. After he speaks about... Uh, German team, the way he believes they were going to play, about our strategies for to approach that game. He showed us the images of uh, the the Indians in Amazon forest. Man, okay. they were in their tavern. You know, there was a an old TV there in the center of the tavern. A lot of Indians. You know, uh, they paint their, their face yellow and, and, uh, and green. And um, they were there, you know, expecting the game because they, they, the game before they were there watching. Wow. That moment, um, after that short video, when he shows the Indians in Amazon forest, the people in Sao Paulo, everywhere in the country, didn't say anything else for us. We understood the message. After the short video, we understood the message he wants us to absorb. And this is what football uh, translates to everyone, the, the emotion, the passion. This is what we need to give back to these football fans. You know, the love they give to us for free. Mm -hmm. Not for free because they pay for it. Sometimes very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I mean, before... Ellen and my girlfriend, we got together. She couldn't really care less about football. She'd watch the England game if it was a big game or something like that, but didn't really care. And obviously met me and we, I, my, my whole life is sports. And I said, she, we kind of had a few drinks for dinner one time. And I said, there's nothing like sports for you in your life. There's, there was nothing that you could have about it. And we tried to explain it and didn't realise. Anyway, two years ago, uh, she was pregnant at the time, so she went to bed at like six o'clock in the afternoon. And it was the day where we had the Liverpool-Barcelona semi-final of the Champions League. And we had the Spurs-Ajax game of the, of the Champions League the night afterwards. And those, I don't know if you remember them, but those games were just unbelievably shocking because Liverpool came back to win and go through and then Spurs came back to win. And when Liverpool started the comeback, I called her and said, listen... You've asked me what sports is all about. You need to come down and watch this. And bear in mind, she was pregnant. She was on one of those big medicine balls that she was bouncing up and down because she couldn't sit on a seat. And she was going, oh, my oh my God. I'm, and like getting so involved. In, and I'm not a Liverpool fan or a, or a Barcelona fan, but you were watching it and you were so emotionally invested in it. And then the next night, I called her and said, listen, it's happening again. You need to come downstairs and watch this. And again, not a Spurs fan, an Ajax fan. She was going... I totally get what you see about football now. I'm like, I know we're not sports fans, and if you're watching in this this in a movie, you go bullshit. Never going to happen. But it's happening right in front of you, and there's nothing like sports that brings touches your soul and your heart like it does. And then I have other memories of my son. You know, I'm a Chelsea fan, and so is my son. I have memories that me and him still talk about. So he went to Stamford Bridge for the first time two years ago, and he bought his football kit. So he had the first. He had, wasn't his first football, but he had a Chelsea kit on that was bought from the, the, the stadium. It's too small for him now, but he still tries to wedge himself into it. And I remember I went when he was coming up the, the, the steps into to, to the pitch area, the, the seats. I've got a video of him coming out and just going, opening up. Do you know when he got up the seats? 
in a stadium and it comes out to this massive pitch. And I've got a video of him going and just being completely blown away by the noise and everything else. And that's something he was never going to forget. And then the memory of him scoring the singer's first goal at Stamford Bridge when the whole crowd went mental and I picked him up and carried him and held him above my head. These are memories that you can't have from anything else. Only sports get that from you. And that's what the owners I don't think get. It's so entrenched in my soul, this memory of me and my son going to Stamford Bridge and me and Angela watch this thing. Now imagine if England won the World Cup, you know, your memory of your kids and how proud they are that their dad won the World Cup. The memories you have of the journey of going to the World Cup, lifting that trophy up and being a hero for hundreds of millions of people in Brazil. There's sports like that. You don't get movie stars that get that. I know you get movie stars that are famous, but it's only sports that really gives that heart, that edge of the seat, hairs in the back of your, on your arms, that back of your necks happening. There's only sports that does that for you. Yeah. No, it's different. It's different. You know, it's a different feeling. Just being a fan, <laughs> you may understand. I don't think, you know, sometimes it's tough for even for fans to understand their passion, but uh, this is what football does to all of us. And through this, you know, in the last couple of days, you know, it's just been uh, noticed that uh, Daniel Icky from Spotify wants to take over from Arsenal, wants to buy the club. And um, I know it just came public that um, behind Jerry, Patrick Vieira and Ben Beckham, is supporting uh, him because um, he's a awesome, an Arsenal fan. Let's see. Let's see. I think this is um, very strong. You know, it came together. You know, the the disinterest of Daniel after the, the the Super League failed to start, and the whole it's done. You don't talk about Super League anymore. Yeah. But uh, sometimes, you know, uh, look many other business. Uh, sometimes I listened the other day from Florentino uh, Perez. Looks like at some points they they are work behind the scene looks like you know for this league to happen at, at some point looks like i don't know I, I cannot confirm that i cannot say this is true just take some uh, some comments he made you know this brought an opportunity to to daniel Ricky put his uh, his intention to to buy arsenal having you know three invincible guys behind him to support him let's see how things goes and uh, but one thing for me i believe is not so easy especially uh we are talking about a big business yeah. here in the moment where the protest came out arsenal funds once the crown family out and um daniel Kier, you know made it public that he wants to buy. We have to wait and see how things goes because uh, it's not so easy to buy a club like Arsenal, especially when you make it public, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, and um, let's see, because they own the club. Mm. You know, imagine it's like you have your own business. I want, I want to buy a business. You say, no, I don't want to sell it. Mm. It's my business. Yep. Uh, where I enjoy to do business, this is where I invest. We have to wait and see. Doesn't matter what happened in the future, you know. If uh, Daniel buys the club, if Kronk's family decides to sell or not, it's important. Arsenal fans, don't forget exactly to be an Arsenal fans. Keep in support the, the club. Keep support yep. the team. Because the team need them more than ever. Mm-hmm. And also, you've got to be careful. You know, you, you obviously, again, let's say Stan Kroenke sold the, sold the club and buys Daniel Ek. How much do you know about Daniel Ek? And I'm not saying that I know anything about him, but going from one billionaire owner to another billionaire owner, is that really the right thing to do? Surely the clubs, well, we've already said the whole of this podcast, we've been talking about how important the fans are. Don't, and I know he's been, or I've read that he's been trying to engage with the Arsenal fans and the fans forums and the supporters clubs, which is great. But surely there needs to be some sort of power given to the supporters or something needs to happen where 
the club goes, the supporters just aren't involved in the process at all because otherwise you're just going to go from one billionaire owner to another billionaire owner and the same thing might happen in three years' time. Oh, that's why I had to be careful because um, the protests came out, you know, the fans, they, because of, uh, of this, we can see Arsenal fans want uh, their owners out. United fans want their owners out. But even though if they decide to, to leave, this is not something you can do this straight away because of the protest, something they did that affect the way fans see them from now on. They cannot change from one day to another. Yep. Immediately like this. Then there is another thing. Why should I leave now? The question they would ask themselves. And just because... Let's say if they, their way of thinking, they, they, think, they say, well, we made a mistake. We didn't ask the fans, we didn't ask, you know, we didn't speak to football industry properly as we should. But this is our business. This is, we, we put money in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, for them, it's a business. For football, fun is their life. Mm-hmm. It's a different approach. You cannot make, is there, they have their own pride as well on this. Yeah. Why should I sell this? Maybe they are thinking like this. Why should I sell? Because we made a mistake, but we, let's say, apologize to the, the, the fans, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, now they want us out. When we came in, we were welcome, but now because of the mistakes we've made, and they want straight away. Okay, hold on. If you have to do this, let's make the things right in the best way. I think they have to be, you know, very careful in the way things have to be done. Well, if you take a look at the Glaziers, you know, they've invested billions into this club and the club for the last eight years or so has been crap. They're now second in the league. Why should they go through the heartache? I know, I, I'm not a massive fan of the Glaziers and I've got no, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I'm not a Man United fan, but I stand with the Man United fans because they're fans. But why yeah. should, if you put it on to the other side of things, go, Glaze, why should we sell now? Because now the club is going to be start being successful. We're in the Champions League next season. Uh, we're in the final of the Europa. We'll spend some more money and maybe we're going to win the title next year. We've gone through the heartache and now we're starting to come back up. Why mm-hmm. are we going to sell when the club is going to start being successful? Well, you know, as, a, as a fan of football, what I really want is just, you know, um, everyone just do things right for, for the clubs. You know, if they decide to sell who else buy the clubs or if they decide to stay, find a way to work together, to cooperate to each other, benefit of football. I think this is very important, my opinion. Yep. And uh, let's see, you know, the next chapter <laughs> of these, uh, these stories. And But uh, the fans, you know, uh, because we've seen the protests uh, from Manchester United fans came on, on the field and uh, the game had to be postpone and uh, hope you know every protest if in case they, they decide to do again does not affect you know the, the players uh, and uh, they, the, does not affect the, the the security of the players or mm-hmm. even for the fans for the people who works for the clubs because these people you know they are employees they deserve you know uh, to be protected as well respect of everybody. All the protests have to be in peace because they love the club, you, you understand, but uh, just not lose their brain because they got upset with the owners. You lose the fight. As soon as you break into a stadium or injure a police officer, then all the attention goes from focusing on the attention of removing the owners or putting shining a light on how bad the owners are. You remove that to going, all right, there's been violence against, you've, caused, you've been uh, called vandalism or you've ruined the pitch, or you've shot, thrown flares at the camera crew, you smash something up, you're taking the focus away from the, why, the reason why you're there. That's, and that, that's the frustrating thing. You know, you're, you're removing the, the, what you're talking about by being the wrong people being there, basically. Exactly. Well, I you know, hope that things get better and uh, we find a way just to keep working together in football because Arsenal need this week, the full support of the fans against Real in the Europa League second leg. Yeah, after, this first, uh, 
Let's first talk about Newcastle from Sunday. Yes. So I know you had to watch it, but I'll give you my opinion and then you can back tell me what you think. So obviously 2-0 away from home. Not that I don't think weighing away from home really matters anymore because there's no fans in the crowd. In fact, it was really important. I can't remember where it was, but like someone did a survey on crowds, on the lack of crowds and how much impact that makes against home fixtures and away fixtures. And now it's almost 50-50. So it doesn't make a difference if you play at home or away now because of the lack of fans there. So yeah, so the three um, three shining players I thought were David Luiz. I thought his distribution was great. Obviously still not the most reliable at the back, but I don't think that's in his nature, you know. Uh, but his distribution uh, and his creativity, I thought was great. It always gives you an out. And he kept on pinging the balls out wide to Martinelli. And I thought Martinelli had a great game. He stuck out wide out on the left, uh, put some great balls in. Uh, so I thought Martinelli had a, one of the best performances he's had since he came back from injury. And uh, Aubameyang seemed to have a bit of a smile on his face. Um, so I don't know if something to be going on in his personal life because this season, but he seems to have a smile on his face and scored obviously a decent goal with like a come through kick in the six yard box. Um, so yeah, those are my three standout players. What did you think? Well, listen, um, the moment Arsenal are in the competition, how many games left? Six, seven? Four, I don't know. I think, that, I think it's maybe four or five. Yeah. It's 35. No, four, so. games, four games. Uh, yeah, Arsenal have four games to go, you know, four more games. Arsenal need to the best they can in order to improve the, the, their position. I don't know how much they can improve because they are here looking table. Arsenal are nine. They yep. got 49 points. Uh, they are below Everton. Everton, three, 33 games. Arsenal, 34. Everton got 52 points. Liverpool, 55, 33 games. I don't know how many more points Arsenal can make out of these uh, 12 points they have to play. Even though if they, they make 20, 12 games, 12 points, you know, I don't know how much difference it's going to make for them. We have got a lot of the other team. Qualify, because uh, they will depend, be dependent of the other results as well. Because the, the, the situation now, Arsenal are out even of uh, Europa League. Yeah, well, this is why the game on Thursday is one of the most important games they've had for a while since the since the final against Chelsea uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know it was important for them to win against Newcastle because they they lost the, the first leg against Villarreal. It's important to to win the game to refresh the players and bring their confidence back because this game means a lot to them for this year. You know, means a lot to them. Because uh, give them the hope that for next season they are going to be, they have a chance to be in the, in the European competitions again. And um, well, it's they, 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 sorry, it's a stepping stone. Last season you won the FA Cup. This season the Europa League. It's, it's, I know some Arsenal fans hate it, especially troops from uh, I don't know where he is now, but it was he was Arsenal fan. Oh, AFTV, sorry. Uh, I know he says I've had enough of progression. Well, that is progression. Uh, this game, you know, this game means a lot to them. I think they had, they need to give everything in order to go to the final and uh, have an opportunity to go not in a fast way or easy way, as some people say. This, you know, is a shortcut for the European competition. It's not short. It's very hard, very tough, as we can see. But um, you know, they they have a, another opportunity because. Uh, Look in the table of the Premier League now. It's very, it's going to be very tough to Arsenal to qualify to to Europa League, even to Europa League. You know, uh, we spoke many, many times uh, this season about um, working hard, be consistent to play, to be back in the Champions League. But uh, the moment is even is even tougher to to them because if they they don't qualify to uh, even to Europa League. It will be tough for them, but they have an opportunity for this game against Villarreal. But they have a tough job to do. Well, they didn't uh, have a great performance last week, but they did get an away goal. Yeah. It, so it is only one goal. It's not the worst thing we know, but it's not the best thing. Because <laughs> they have to win one nil at least. At least one nil, they, they have to win the game. 
mm. uh, to go through. But um, it's not going to be an easy game. Listen. Let me follow the Europas. It's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. <laughs> we, we have to consider it. Unai Emery in the other side. This motivation. Now, yes, a few months ago, he was at Arsenal and he got sacked. I think this is a pride moment for him. Oh, yeah. He did everything, can take out everything from his players to put in this game. And uh, I think this is what he's going to use in order to, to get to the final. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Arsenal, they, they need to give everything for this game. And yeah. it was important, the, the Newcastle game, but I don't know how much they can get, you know, uh, until the last game of the Premier League to, to, quite, you know, right. try to qualify for the European competition, for, for the Europa League, for example. Yeah, well, they can't now. I think the season's done for them. Do you know who you've got in the last game of the season? Brighton. <laughs> I, you know the lack of consistency for Arsenal. Mm. You know, uh, not only this season, the past season, is it, costing them a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it is strange. Maybe people are thinking, oh, again, the same thing. But it, it, this is true. Football don't lie to you if you don't do things right. Yeah. So I was going to ask you a question. I thought about it a while ago. I haven't spoken on the podcast for a while. Um, one, there are two questions. One, how do you build consistency? And two, is consistency the last thing to come when you have a successful team? Listen, uh, I think the, the past years, uh, Arsenal didn't have the, the opportunity to, uh, to have the best team compared to the other clubs to compete properly. You know, if you, if you, I'm not saying that the players at Arsenal are not good to be at Arsenal. I don't think they are in the same level of the other top clubs. Not in general, of course, but if you compare team to team, maybe the top four clubs, they are in a a better team than Arsenal. Well, we could say say this isn't an attack on Arsenal or their players, but which Arsenal player, don't have to answer this, this is a rhetorical question, but what Arsenal player would get in one of the top four teams? I don't know if I can think of any. Well, when we look at the position they are, it's very tough. Yeah. You know, people may may say Aubameyang because it's quite good, but he dropped this season. You know, last, until last season, he was doing a great job. Like I said, surprisingly, this season has been a very important for us in the, in the past games. You know, scoring goals, he became a captain uh, in many occasions. And uh, been important for Arsenal's results because it's been scoring tough. When you look the position they are, you know, I'm not saying that they are not good. No, you know this is very clear. But uh, when they are the top teams, uh, look down trying to oh what Arsenal play could fit us here, they they would consider a lot. Say no at the moment we have. Uh, uh, players in our squad here we are going to give an opportunity because they are in the environment already. Yeah. This, if I was there, I would think in this way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Tough. So, so this, so this, so Thursday is where the, it's the define, it's the season defining game, really, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Very important game. Hope, uh, hope they do a great job. They had a fantastic game and the score more than one. <laughs> what are we going to do a prediction? No, listen, mate. Too important. Man, my, my prediction has been horrible. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, uh, no prediction this time, but I hope Arsenal can play for, you know, the, the, the players can play for the season, you know, to, to save until the final, because the final is going to be hard again. It looks like uh, Manchester United have built up a good way to the final, a mm-hmm. uh, good path. They have done great uh, this year, a good job. And the last game I watched that game, they did a, a good job against, uh, against Roma. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not the final yet, but they, you know, they, they made up, you know, um, a tough life for, for Rome to come back. Mm-hmm. If 
for us now, what they have to do is just, you know, let's say if there is a last opportunity to play the best game of the season, they use it. Okay, they do what they have to do in order to get uh, the next, uh, get the opportunity to play the final game. Because it was last year, last two years, a few seasons ago, they, they were the final mm-hmm. against Chelsea where they lost. And uh, being there again is a new opportunity they, they, they might have to, uh, to win the title. Everything is possible when you are there in the final. Absolutely. Nice. Well, it's obviously been a longer edition than our usual podcast, but we've had lots to catch up on. Good after to see you again, <laughs> after, <laughs> after a few weeks. Yeah. That was great. I think it was, uh, was important. Uh, the points we thought he was a bit longer. But uh, very important to, to mention about uh, all these things. And um, it was great. Great to have you on board again and talk about these important uh, things in football. Everything matters for us, especially when, because we love football, we love what we do. Mm-hmm. Take care. All the best, you and family. You too. And, uh, see you soon, my friend. Cheers, Captain. <laughs>